Hey y'all, Liz Higgins here, and welcome to the Millennial Life Podcast, where my main goal is to share conversations that will inspire you and drive you toward the life and relationship you desire. I'm here to share what I've learned as a licensed therapist and relationship coach specializing in millennial relationships and wellness, as well as transformative conversations with other professionals. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's episode. Hey everyone, I'm really excited for today's podcast because we're going to be diving into the premarital phase and focusing today on wedding planning, the engagement process, and this really amazing tool that my guest, Whitney Wing Drake, has created for engaged couples. It's an essential wedding planner and helps a couple hone in on not only the logistics during the wedding planning phase, but also things that relate to their relationship. So you know that got me back in the day when she brought this to my attention and shared this wonderful uh, planner that she's made that incorporates the most important piece of this whole journey. Now, it's no doubt for anyone listening that right now in our world, this time amidst COVID and everything going on is is really hard and certainly has been really hard for so many engaged couples that have had to totally change up their plan, their wedding dates, maybe even having a wedding at all. Um, it's It's been a real shocker for a lot of people, and I've seen that in my counseling practice as well. So we're going to talk through a lot of those elements today and why the premarital phase is such an important time in a couple's relationship to focus on their relationship. Um, I know it seems kind of obvious, right? But as you may know, for those who are dating, engaged, or whatever, the the wedding planning phase can quickly become about everything outside of your relationship. And certainly that should happen to an extent. It's a big celebration. You're planning, you know, what could possibly be the greatest party of your life, and it should be fun. But you don't want to pursue all that stuff at the at the expense of not focusing on your relationship to each other. So from an expert that has worked in the wedding planning field and has totally been there and done that in terms of helping people create the most beautiful and epic wedding that they could ever imagine, this expert today also talks about the other angles of that and why she left that career to pursue her wedding planner business that she now has and sells for couples. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hey, everyone. I'm so excited for today's episode. I have someone on here that I've started to consider a friend in this field that I'm in of helping relationship. This is Miss Whitney Wing Drake, who is the creator of Essential Planner Co. And you can find information about her on EssentialPlannerCo.com. I'm sure she'll tell us all about where we can reach her. But Whitney, thanks for being with me today and coming on for this conversation. Hey, Liz, you're very welcome. It's my pleasure. I'm really, really excited to be here today. This is fun for me because I feel like you have been um, kind of a special part of my own journey into podcasting because you had me come on your podcast a few times. And honestly, I mean, you, you did such a great job of helping me feel comfortable and at ease with this whole process. You are truly a natural at this whole thing. So it's it's fun and it's exciting to have the the switches flipped today and for me to be interviewing you. 
Well, thank you. I <laughs> It almost cracks me up to hear you say that because I feel so like ill-equipped to be doing podcasting myself. <laughs> so I feel like it's like the blind leading the blind, but it is fun. And you know, you just get better after each episode, right? I mean, that's, that's the goal anyway. Yeah. Well, and you're just proving the point that even the experts that appear to have it all may still have that tinge of imposter syndrome. <laughs> Cause totally. I feel you, I feel you on that. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to start today. Um, for people listening that may not know you, to hear a, bit, a little bit about you and what did get you into what you're doing with the essential planner stuff. So maybe just tell a little bit about your story. Um, yeah, however far back as you feel it goes to, to give us an idea of what it is that you're doing today. Sure, absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a great question as far back as it goes. And I was going to make a joke, but honestly, I was kind of born into this. Because I come from a long line of entrepreneurs and my mother had an art gallery and she used to use her location to host events. And um, they were usually for artists. So it'd be artists, uh, you know, just some type of special event when a new piece would come out and the artist would come sign it, or there would be um, charitable things that she would do with local wildlife charities. It was a wildlife specific art gallery. So she would cool. have, um, like the wildlife way station and the LA zoo come and bring animals. And so as far back as I can remember, I've been planning events and trying to think about the right color scheme and how we would decorate and what music should be playing and how to, you know, just kind of create a certain experience. When I was older and actually legally able of age to work, I um, worked at a movie theater in Hollywood, California, and we did a lot of special events and big movie premieres and celebrity type stuff. And so that was a lot of fun for me. I thought that it was so glamorous and so enjoyable to really think through the fine details and to bring intentionality into, again, the guest experience. But I was a little bit split because um, I didn't feel like there was enough heart in it necessarily. These were more for just kind of schmoozing and corporate executives having conversations with corporate executives. And it's more of a networking opportunity than anything else. And I really wanted to do something that would really change lives, like really, really matter. So I made a, a bit of a career pivot and started a wedding coordination company, also in Los Angeles, California, Pasadena specifically. And um, it was called Wish Wonder Dream. And when I started, I was, it was just me. I had just graduated from college and I had also recently gotten married. I graduated in May, got married in July, started the company in late August. Okay. So, <laughs> Let me take a breath before you continue. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it was a whirlwind year for sure. No kidding. Oh my gosh. Okay, so so continue on. So you created the wedding planner planning business around the same time. Lots of big things were happening. It was. I was very inspired. Um, so yeah, I started the planning business. And then, you know, over time, it just grew. I, I brought on an assistant. And then I was um, able to um, bring on a full-time staff. We had principal coordinators, assistant coordinators, interns. We had a really cool internship program, which was really important to me because I really enjoyed, you know, hopefully helping uh, aspiring coordinators and giving them an avenue if they wanted to pursue that. And so um, I did that for 12 years. And it was a wild ride, definitely 
Um, and it was so many highs, you know, I got to be next to couples on their wedding day, right before they walk down the aisle. I mean, what is more of an honor than that, that you get to be chosen mm-hmm. to be that person that is standing with them in one of the most pivotal moments of their life. Yeah. So that was, that was completely, completely amazing. But then over time, I think I just personally found myself being a little bit interested in the relationship. And I'm sure that that had a lot to do with the time that I spent with couples during the planning. You know, we normally plan their wedding for about a year and I was with them in some very intimate moments or important conversations, or I was able to kind of witness conversations that they would have with each other, or with members of their family or their wedding party and that sort of thing. And I felt a little bit limited as a wedding coordinator because my job and, you know, my official capacity in their lives was to advise them on their wedding only. So helping them with their budget and design centerpieces and that sort of thing. But I, I too was married and I ran the company for 12 years. And so I was 12 years into marriage too. So every once in a while, I kind of wanted to say, Hey, I read this book. Have you thought about this? Or when my husband and I, you know, encounter this sort of thing, here's what we do, but that was not my place. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I understood that and I respected that fully, but I think I just got to a point where it was time that I wanted to grow a little bit and kind of change the, the nature of the relationships. So, um, ultimately I ended up selling the company to my assistant, which was amazing. Um, it just worked out so perfectly. So she is now the, the owner of the company of Wishwinder Dream. Wow. And I decided to hopefully stay in the wedding industry and keep working with couples, but in a new way. So I created the essential wedding and engagement planner, which is a, an A to Z wedding planner. It's everything you need to know to plan a wedding at literally everything you need to know, but sprinkled in are some, um, like prompts for maybe some good conversations to be having while you're engaged as you're thinking about maybe your first five years of marriage and the goals that you two want to set together. Um, I think that the way this is one example, but I think the way that a couple manages budgeting while they're planning their wedding will really say a lot about how they manage budgeting in their married life. Maybe when it's time to purchase a car or purchase a home or just, you know, mm-hmm. maintain a monthly budget. So I wanted to hopefully encourage couples to have bigger, longer conversations that would kind of span beyond just their wedding. Right. And I, I will just reiterate what you said. It, it is so, it is truly A to Z. Like you cover everything in this planner and it, it is so unique in that it does add in this whole other lens and angle, I guess, which is making sure that the relationship is something that stays the priority. I don't, I don't think I've come across a planner that um, is written out the way that yours is. I mean, it's really amazing what you've done there. And can I, I, I want to back up and ask you a question. Like when you sold your wedding planning company, did you know that the planner was the next thing in your path? Or was it like, did you take a break and kind of discover that um, through another way or? Oh, that's such a good question. I've never thought about it. Um, no, I, I didn't. When I sold the company, I did not know. I wasn't sure what my next steps were going to be. Um, I think I had, you know, I, I think any entrepreneur, anyone that owns a company can probably relate to this where it really is intertwined with your life. You know, it's, it's really hard to kind of draw a line between it and your personal life. And so I think especially in wedding coordination, because your couples are so reliant upon you all day, all weekend, you know, into the night. Like, I mean, I was really, really, really connected to the couples that I was working with. So I think when I sold the company, the first thing I needed to do was, um, 
find myself again a little bit and do some kind of soul searching and like, what do I want my next steps to be? What is my next chapter in life? And um, I decided that I would kind of really dedicate myself for some time to learning about um, like I, I really got into meditation and mindfulness and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I realized the importance of applying a lot of these principles to anything you're doing in life. So I think one thing led to another where I thought, you know, it'd be really cool if there was a planner that helped people plan their wedding and map out their engagement season, both thinking about their wedding and their relationship, because at the end of the day, you know, after your wedding, it's all about your relationship. And so setting yourself up well and being mindful and intentional while you're engaged, not just using that time only to plan the wedding, but to also think about what comes next. Um, I thought that could be really cool. And so I wanted to kind of make this planner that would infuse a lot of um, mindfulness techniques and intentionality and that sort of thing. Just because the other thing that I so often heard from my couples is that the engagement season was a whirlwind. They're like, where did that go? Because mm-hmm. sometimes when you're so excited about something and it's what you're giving like a hundred percent of your time and attention to, um, it, the, the time flies and then you turn around and you're like, what even just happened? <laughs> and so I wanted them to just breathe and be calm and to really, really think about it and just be so present because your engagement season is such an important time in your life. And I didn't want them to miss anything. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think that is so huge. And I'm just thinking back to my own wedding planning experience and it kind of like you, it's like I was in grad school. I was working towards this and that I was working two jobs. I, you know, so much was going on during that planning phase that it, it was definitely something that we had to be intentional about, like to maintain dates or to maintain just this downtime where we weren't pulling out something that needed to be done for the wedding because we didn't have a wedding planner. We were doing it all ourselves. So everything you're saying makes so much sense and just reiterates that, um, that piece of being really intentional during this phase in your relationship. And I'm wondering, Whitney, did some of this come from maybe couples that you saw in your wedding planning days, um, where this wasn't happening like, can you speak to maybe the couples that were just truly caught up in the planning and the whirlwind of it all that the relationship kind of took a back seat and it didn't, didn't go out so well? Mm, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely don't want to be a downer by any means, but I did have several couples, more than several couples who I planned weddings for. Um, and they ended up not staying together. And that was, that was mm. such a blow, you know, that was so disappointing to hear because I wanted so much for it to work and, you know, for them. And I mean, obviously I got close to them and I was really rooting for them and feeling really good about their marriage. And so I don't know. I mean, it was just, it was a little bit of just disappointment, just personal disappointment for them. And then also I started asking questions. I wonder what happened. I wonder why, I wonder if there are certain red flags Um, yeah, because maybe, maybe the, that time in the whirlwind of it all just sped up the inevitable, which the reality is is that not every couple that comes together needs to end up together, but you also reflect back and you can't help but wonder if, if a couple maybe took that phase in their relationship slower or with a different and more intentional approach, could things have been different? Would things have been better? It's like, you don't know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Liz, you're hundred percent right. I think relationally speaking, um, that is a great point. I also think, and this is something that I commonly saw couples get, 
um, kind of caught up in a certain set of priorities that are not necessarily in line with what their personal priorities are. Suddenly you're getting married and now your friends all have opinions or your friends are getting married and you feel like maybe there's this competitive thing that starts to happen where your wedding has mm-hmm. to be nicer or cost more or that sort of thing. And you're just, I just feel like an engagement season is probably one of the biggest times in your life where you're going to have all these outside influences playing into your thoughts and just influencing the way that you are now coming to it. And if you just would have given it a little bit more space between those outside influences and had this tool where it said, who are you? What is your relationship about? What speaks to who you two are, your journey, your passions, what brought you two together, hobbies, interests? Like, how can this day really be about you and nothing else and no one else? Um, And I don't know that couples do that. I I think that even people who live their life that way up until their engagement season, suddenly there's something about being engaged where all of a sudden you're just worried about all these things that you weren't worried about before and they're impacting your choices. And another thing I think that that really will have an impact on is your budget because um, a lot of couples at the end of the night will have had a beautiful wedding. They had a great time. It flew by. And now all they're really left with is the bill, right? And so I do wonder, and I could, I could almost see it on a lot of their faces where they said, that was amazing, but was it worth it? You know, because we are now spending our, the very beginning of our marriage in deep debt. We're going to be paying this off for years and years. And I wonder, I feel like I thought I could see them thinking, I wonder if we could have spent less and had just as much fun and been in a better position now. Mm. Hmm. I'm almost wondering if this is partially just also the natural generational progression. Like we, I think as a generation definitely do see an we we see today that a couple is able to really make the wedding about them and about, you know, something that represents their value system, their relationship. And it's great that so many people are doing that. But I also think if we look back historically, that's not always the way that our culture celebrated weddings. So there's still so much of that, that like when you were talking about like the external people that start to get involved and have opinions, it's almost inevitable for so many people that they're going to be they're, they're going to have to deal with that experience and kind of, uh, you know, t- dance, dance that delicate dance <laughs> with those that are important in their world with what it is that they want. Yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes for, for instance, I had a bride call me once and she was on the brink of tears. She was so stressed out. And I said, what's going on? How are you? And she said, well, I went to work and my coworker is getting married as well. And her wedding is like two, two months after mine, but she already has her photographer and I don't have a photographer yet. Am I behind? And all of a sudden (laughs) this flood of stress came upon her and I'm like, Hey, it's okay. So yeah. I mean, just these things become stressors that never would have before. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. I bet you have so many stories of the kinds of things you've seen and heard come out of the mouth of brides and out <laughs> of the mouths of, of grooms because it it's all, it's such a stressful time in so many ways while at the very same time, such an exciting and fun time. Yeah. But I want to go 
back to your planner because it, it is such an amazing thing. And for people that haven't heard about it or are interested to know more, can you talk more about some of the some of the unique elements of the planner that make it different from a standard wedding planner? You know, especially those things that hone in on the relationship. Absolutely. Well, I have. It's a guided planner. I'll start by saying that. So it's not just a spiral bound planner with blank sheets and, you know, lines and, and it's just up to the couple to fill them out. It is definitely guided uh, by me. And I really wanted it to be kind of comparable to hiring a wedding coordinator, but like the book version. So it goes in order of your planning process, starting with selecting your wedding date, setting your budget. There are tips in there about, you know, maybe how to speak to the people that will have an impact on what your budget is. If there's certain people that are going to be contributing, for instance, um, there's some kind of guidance on how to speak with them or what they might want to know or see prior to having that conversation. Um, also at the very beginning, there's an exercise on determining what is essential. That's why it's called the essential wedding and engagement planner. Um, for anyone who has not read this book, I highly recommend it. I wish I remember who the authors, uh, what the author's name was, but it's called essentialism and it's amazing. And it just got me really thinking because I feel like it's so applicable to your wedding day. There are no shortage of ways to spend money on a wedding and anyone planning right right now knows that. So I think it's really helpful from pretty much week one to think about what's essential to you so that you can really budget for and be intentional about the things that mean the most to you and kind of reflect you to as a couple, and then drop the things that are non-essential because there will be opportunities to spend in those places. But if you've already determined what is essential, then you'll be better able to say, nope, that's not something that we've set aside for. Um, there are lots of tips on your budget, uh, budget breakdown. So thinking about all the different categories of your wedding and, um, what the kind of guidelines are for percentages to allocate to all the big categories. And so lots of things like that. And then there's an engagement section with some exercises or just, you know, pages to fill out on other types of conversations you might want to have during your engagement season thing. So things like planning for finances, things about getting to know each other on a really deep level. Obviously you guys know each other while you're engaged, but you might not have asked yourselves or each other these types of questions. And I know that um, one big reason, and Liz, I'm sure you can speak to this, but one big reasons marriages will sometimes not work out is because um, there are expectations or assumptions made, but these things aren't actually communicated to each other. So it'll be like, well, I just assumed that once we had children, you would stop working and be a stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home dad, or I just assumed fill in the blank. So there's right. a lot of... Um, a lot of opportunities here to have those types of conversations just to make sure we're clear. And, um, you know, things like philanthropy, like, do you want to give philanthropically? What are your thoughts on that? Your professional life, thoughts about parenthood. Do you want to go back to school someday? That sort of thing. Um, a mission statement and core values. And Liz and I have actually done an episode on this on my podcast, but 
deciding who you two want to be, what you want your relationship to be about, what you two stand for, the impact. If you two are thinking about, you know, maybe having an impact in the world, what type of impact might that be? Um, so that sort of thing. And then there's a section on questions. So as you go out and you start interviewing potential venues and potential vendors, there's a whole long list of the specific questions you should be asking them as you are interviewing and prior to signing a service agreement with them. And then month by month, it breaks it down. So this is what you should be doing in the first month. And um, there are task lists, so you can be checking them off. There are lots of sections where it's just lots of blank space so that you can be adding your own kind of like brain dump, your own thoughts, your own ideas, dreams, just anything that you want to do to personalize. There's definitely room to use this and make it yours, but it kind of guides you along the way all the way up until your wedding day. And in the back, there's even a vows worksheet. If you want to handwrite your vows and your wedding weekend timeline, as well as your wedding day timeline. Oh my gosh, you have space for everything in there. And it's just amazing to hear you talk through this. And I know there's such a history there with what, you know, what led you to finally creating this beautiful, um, this beautiful tool, but it's, it's just, gosh, there's so much in there. And I think that you're really getting to the core, to the heartbeat of a marriage with some of these additions that you've put into the planner. So if, if people haven't seen it, please go check out Whitney's website. Take a look at this planner. It's just absolutely amazing. (laughs) Thank you. Well, yeah, it, it really is. And from the the therapist perspective, it's like, oh my gosh, I just wish there was more and more and more um, tools like this. Because again, it's such a, an applicable thing for people to use when they're planning, but also keeps them on point with remembering the most important piece, which is the marriage, the relationship that they're building. I'm curious to ask you, Whitney, because you know what's in your planner and that you're encouraging people to have these conversations that are helpful to have, but could also stir up differences and maybe even pinpoint things that a couple might honestly have different values around. Like at what point from your perspective, do you think that a couple may need something more beyond the planner to help them navigate those things? Well, I am a big advocate for premarital counseling. I think it's an amazing experience. Um, the more that I learn about what couples do and talk about and just, and I hate to say the word work because that doesn't sound pleasant, but you know, good kind of work, like the kind of thing. Think of it as work. (laughs) Yeah. And I get that. But you know, the point is you are spending time working on something that is one of the most important parts of your entire life, which is your, your, your soon to be marriage. And so, um, I think that hopefully couples will look through this planner and um, maybe, you know, get to a point where they're writing down their answers to questions. So by the way, I should also mention that it's broken up into the bride and the groom. So there's a section for the bride to fill out and then one for the groom to fill out so that hopefully they can have meaningful conversations and say, I wrote this. What did you write? Let's have a conversation. Um, And so, yeah, so I think that there might be times where it's like, oh, I thought you were going to say this. Oh no, this is how I feel. And then if it's a big deal to you, not everything is a huge deal. You know, it's not like everything in this planner is super serious, but there are going to be some things that could potentially be very serious and really matter to the health of your, your relationship in your marriage. In which case, if it comes up and it takes you by surprise that you two are not necessarily in sync on that, I would highly recommend, um, going and, and continuing that conversation with a premarital counselor. I would even recommend going to premarital counseling, no matter what, 
using this planner or not, because it's not, this isn't in place of premarital counseling. Not, not at all. The, the sure. majority of this planner is on the wedding day and the wedding planning, because that is my background. So uh, the vast majority of this planner is going to be about that, but there are some things in there about your relationship and about the relationship goal setting, and even some personal development in there as well. Just wanting to become the best version of yourself so that you can, you know, just just be who you want to be in marriage starting at day one. Um, so this is not in place of premarital counseling. I'd recommend it no matter what, but especially if you get to, like I said, a point where something just seems off or maybe surprises you a bit, that would definitely be something to dig into. Yeah, I love that. And I think one of the pain points people may have in the premarital phase is when these differences arise and things have been going so smoothly and you feel like you're so connected and uh, agreeable on so many issues and important things or whatever, but but a difference arises or a problem comes up or you learn something about you know each other's family history that really feels significant and that that narrative starts to run its course internally where people start wondering am i with the right person is this the wrong thing to be doing and that's kind of the the taboo i will call of the premarital phase it doesn't necessarily mean any of that because what will unfold in any long-term relationship is differences and you know touchy matters and things that come up that you do not see eye to eye on so that's why i love that even something like this planner or the process of premarital counseling can ha- help you have a healthy um, a healthy space to talk through those potential differences or the ones that are already happening because yeah. it's it's simply the learning to navigate that stuff that's the key. It's not that there are differences at all. Yeah. And to add to that, I think Mm -hmm. that in my, you know, you earlier, you said, man, you've probably seen some things or, you know, witnessed some really interesting things as a wedding coordinator. And absolutely. Yes, I have. But I will say that, that oftentimes, like probably more often than not the tricky, um, you know, just moments that I witnessed often had to do with the parents, the parents of the bride and the groom and Mm -hmm. their input and their, um, you know, just the way that they were influencing the, the, the wedding and how it was taking shape. Because as I said, everyone has an opinion (laughs) when you start planning your wedding, everyone has an opinion, but I don't think anyone has a louder opinion than parents. And that's especially the case if they are contributing financially. I was just going to say that, right? (laughs) What about when they're paying? Because I I definitely hear that from couples I've worked with too. Totally. So many opinions, so many. And so I think that another thing that's helpful about working through these questions and having these conversations and determining what is essential and thinking about who you really are and how your wedding can really feel like you two. Um, Doing that prior to inviting outside influences could be really helpful because then you're not so kind of vulnerable to them. You're like, no, we've had these conversations and this is what we really want. And it wasn't where, you know, we didn't come upon it lightly. We've been extremely intentional. We've really, really spent the time. And so these are the choices that we've made. And you can also, you know, it's okay. And I say this in the planner, it's okay to say, these are the places where we would really value your input and your insight. And these are the places that we'd actually really prefer not to have outside influences. We've got it. Like we're good. We figured it out. We know what we want. We're comfortable and confident. Oh, that's awesome. And I I would imagine even with that, when a couple gets to a point where they're like, Hey, we figured this out. We have settled on this decision that 
there still might be the challenge of then communicating that decision and having to quote unquote deal with the reactions of others. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think right there, I I was thinking about that because we're touching on the very real emotional experience of wedding planning that isn't always peachy and sweet and easy, but can actually bring up a sense of you know, sadness or grief or pain that, you know, you're not pleasing mom or dad, or you're not doing the thing that everybody else in your, you know, 10 past generations of your family has done for their wedding. Like there is a true emotional experience that you're moving through here, but I think it is through these tools and through these actionable and intentional steps you're taking as a couple to make these choices together that you are, you're doing this this very huge step and that work of launching away from, you know, your families and creating your own world. It's a really amazing thing. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we regret the choices that we made when we made them too quickly, or we just weren't coming from the right place. We weren't in the right headspace. We didn't give it enough time. Those are the things where after the fact, we're like, you know, I probably could have done that better. Or like (laughs) if I had another chance or, you know, if I could come back around, I probably would have made a different decision. But if you really do take the time, think it through, get some perspective, uh, you know, recognize 10 generations of family members have done this. Is this important to me? Should we do it for that reason? Yes or no. And I'm not going to answer that. It's it's a very personal decision for every couple. But mm-hmm. if you really do take the time and have the conversations, then you're probably going to feel much better about the decisions that you make. Yeah, absolutely. You almost sound like a therapist, Whitney. <laughs> Why don't you just come on over here and join my team? (laughs) Uh, But, you know, I'm thinking about this current, this current phase of, of life and world that we're in right now. And, you know, it's COVID and so many couples are having to shift their plans, postpone their weddings, all that stuff due to COVID. Uh, I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on that point. You know, what do you think are some of the challenges this could bring for a couple in the midst of all this right now? Yeah. You know, at first, when so this planner just launched it's brand new i'm in my first year launched at the very very end of december and covid hit in march and at first i was like well that is just about the worst timing everyone is going to be not everyone but many people are going to be pushing pause on their wedding planning and no one is purchasing a wedding planner or much else these days right everyone was kind of in this like state of pause limbo not sure what the next Mm -hmm. steps were going to be and so at first I was like well this is very discouraging but then I thought about it and I said if my whole message my mission is to encourage couples to be intentional and to slow down and take more time then I almost couldn't have written this better, right? Like mm. all of a sudden, there's so many engaged couples who are slowing down and pushing pause. And I think even when life resumes, I don't think it's going to go back to normal. I, I don't yeah. even want to say that. I don't, I hope it doesn't, but that's a whole other tangent. But when life resumes and couples get back on the planning train and they're full steam ahead, I really do hope that they, um, are kind of seeing it through a different lens now. Maybe this has forced us all, kind of shaken us up and said, what is essential? What matters the most? Maybe your budget now is not going to be what it once was. Maybe for you know financial reasons, um, you're not going to have as much money to spend as you were. 
And maybe that's okay because maybe now you're in a, in a, a just a better headspace. Maybe you're going to be a little bit more practical. Maybe you're going to um, shift your priorities a little bit. And maybe this wedding, this version of the wedding isn't going to look like the former version. But I actually think that's okay because you've probably given it a lot of thought and it's kind of evolved in this natural way. And I think that those are all good things. So I really hope that, you know, especially for this planner and, and that word essential, couples getting married now are going to be thinking about what is the most essential in their entire lives. And I'm sure that their wedding will play into that as well. Mm. Wow. What what a way to practice what you have put out there for so many couples. And I couldn't agree more that this, this forced slowdown, which is in a lot of ways brought pain, discomfort, and just real difficulty for so many, I, I think is also this real opportunity to do exactly what you're talking about. So that's amazing. I kind of want to hear a little more from you about everything you know, everything that you've seen and worked around with premarital couples. Like, why is this truly just a great season to lean into your relationship and and the growth of your relationship? You know, I think, you know, again, Liz and I, we've done an episode on um, uh, interdependent couples and how that is different than codependence. And that has been transformative for me. I love that word and the concept. Actually, if I could push pause, Liz, if you would explain that, because that is what I want to talk about next, but you're going to explain it far better than I will. Oh my gosh, interdependent couples. Yeah, I mean, it's it's coming to a place where, you know, your relationship isn't this space of like desperation and needing to depend on your partner's happiness to feel okay or to like do things like that and have have kind of what therapists would call a more enmeshed way of being with each other where you don't know where you end and your partner begins but interdependence to come together and relate in a very intimate and real and vulnerable way and to find a real closeness and connection in that space but to also have a just a solid sense of who you are as an individual and to keep keep pushing forward in life towards your own goals and your own dreams and aspirations and who you are continuously becoming, but doing that alongside another person who's doing the same. I guess that's my my bulleted. Yes, <laughs> that was extremely that. impressive, by the way. <laughs> You're put me so on the spot there. I totally put you on the spot <laughs> and look how well you just did. Um, okay, so yes, yeah, so interdependent couples. And, and the reason that I found that concept to be so eye-opening is because I think sometimes couples look at marriage almost like it's just another relationship, but it's going to be a serious and longer relationship, right? But it's like, I've had boyfriends, I've had girlfriends, and this is the this is my favorite one. <laughs> so I'm going to marry this one <laughs> and then we'll stay together forever. Um, and, but I don't, I don't think that that's how marriage should be viewed. It's not just another relationship. You two coming together as two people who form one unit can have a huge impact. You're going to impact 
everyone, like even just your friends, you're going to go to barbecues and people are going to look at the two of you and say, who are they? What are they about? How do they encourage people? How do they bring an energy into a space? Like, are they like a positive energy? Are they encouraging their friends? Are they the kind of people that support their friends? Are they the ones that you can count on when someone gets sick and it's 10 PM and someone needs to get them some <laughs> soup? You know, it's like, what, what, who are you two? What do you stand for? How are you like mattering? How's your relationship making an impact? And obviously you can look on at that in a much more grand sense. And maybe you two are going to be the president and first lady, or maybe you two are going to run this massive corporation or start a philanthropy. But even on a smaller level, just how you two impact your friends at a barbecue, these things matter. And if you two are going to have children, then who you two are and what you stand for and the way that you believe and the life you want to live is going to rub off if all goes well on your children and their children. You know, these things all matter. Family traditions matter. Um, Your family tree matters. These things are all kind of the effects of you two becoming husband and wife and making that choice to to, to move into the future together as a unit. And so you just can't look at it like, well, we're going to get married and we're going to have this great party. And then whatever happens, happens. No, you have to recognize that this relationship is extremely important. Mm. And everything you're saying, I, I know for listeners that may still be single or dating or maybe even engaged, they might be like, oh my God, this is so much. This is so heavy. I'm not thinking <laughs> about totally it this way right now. <laughs> well, and that's, but that's normal, right? And I think what just bringing it back to your amazing planner, it's like just having a way during this phase of your life, your engagement phase, having a way to come back to that point that is the most important one, your relationship. And are you having fresh conversations about important subjects? Are you Mm -hmm. at least talking about things like money, you know, family dynamics, intimacy, um, children, if you're going to go that path? Like if you are, I mean, you are on a good path towards having an open dialogue, having a way of exploring these things. And it's going to lead to the greater understanding of all of this. I think that's the biggest takeaway for me, just even reflecting on my own premarital phase. It's like just setting aside that time, which for us was like, you know, an hour every one or two weeks, honestly, to just sit there and be totally focused on conversations like this. Uh, it's It really surprises me to think back on how far that took my husband and I just in a deeper understanding of some things. And we had been together for over five years before we got married. But through that phase and those conversations, we learned things about each other. And to this day, we're grateful that we took that time to process that stuff when we did. Because I think it did help us handle things later on in life in a different way than if we had not. Yeah. And I think also anyone who's married knows that inevitably there are going to be curveballs. Things are going to happen like COVID. Like for instance. COVID. Yep. Yeah. That there's just no way totally. you could have anticipated or foreseen. And so knowing that, that there are already going to be surprises, um, being able to have the conversations and um, kind of iron out the things that you can have control over at the beginning is probably a really good start. Absolutely. Oh man, it is so cool to hear you talking about these things. And Whitney, I just have to say, like, I hear the 
the passion in your voice as you talk about the planner and what brought you to this place in your own life and why you do this. It's, it's really amazing to hear that coming through, uh, you know, the microphone because it's, it's truly there. And I, I feel that I experienced that passion on every page of that planner. It's such an amazing tool. And trust me when I say I'm telling like everybody about it, because I think it is just truly something that if you can get your hands on something like this during that phase of your relationship, it's only going to benefit the process. It's only going to benefit your ability to lean into the most important piece. So thank you for making that. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. And thank you so much for saying that. It means so much to hear it from you because I mean, that's why I keep saying you've been a podcast guest of mine. I keep I keep repeating that because you've been in several episodes and it's because I value your opinion and your expertise so much. So I really appreciate that compliment. Oh, uh, well, right back at you. So tell, um, tell listeners, maybe say just a, a thing about your podcast. Like what is the, what's the point of it? And what are you talking about on there? Cause I've been on and we've had some great conversations, but what's the purpose of your podcast and how can people find it? Well, it is just like, it's kind of formatted the same way that the planner is where the majority of it is about wedding planning. And so there are episodes where we just really get into what you need to know about lighting, flowers, choosing your wedding party, that sort of thing. So all the kind of practical logistics of wedding planning, but then sprinkled throughout our episodes about the relationship and, um, and as I said, goal setting and, um, personal development and the other things that you might want to think about doing while you're engaged. And so it's kind of a a big mixed bag and it's called the essential wedding podcast and it's on all podcast platforms. And it's so good. I will post a link to this, of course, in the show notes for our episode here. And I know I mentioned your main website, essential planner co is that correct?.com. Yes. Um, And you're also on social media, right? Where can people find you? I am. I am at Essential Planner Co. That's the planner on Instagram and Essential Planner Co. also on um, Facebook. And then there's also a podcast uh, Instagram, which is at Essential Wedding Podcast. Awesome. Well, Whitney, from one relationship professional to another, I just thank you for the amazing work you're doing and this beautiful tool you've created. I I can't really say much else other than people need to check it out and get their hands on it because it's truly something that I think can just highlight this whole part of the the engagement process. Thanks so much for talking with me today. You're welcome. And thank you for that encouragement. I appreciate it very much, Liz. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. If you like the show, leave us five stars or write a review. If you're interested in learning more, sign up for my free ebook, The One Barrier to Commitment All Millennials Face at millennialrelationships.com. 